Hello, and welcome to the Autistic Bodybuilding Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Raposa, and today we're going to talk about the Hakka Dance of the Maori. But first, some announcements. Spatial Agility will be out tomorrow, finally. So for those of you registering before the end of November, so I'm giving everybody a whole month to get into this introductory rate. You get a special rate. You get to help me refine the course. So in other words, I'm going to be asking for your feedback. You're going to be giving me some input on things I could add, things I could subtract to make it easier to follow and learn from. So definitely, if you are interested, sign up for the newsletter at autisticbodybuilding.com newsletter, and you'll be emailed that link tomorrow to register the moment the course is available. Okay, so the Hakka Dance of the Maori. Imagine you're ready for battle. It's the 1800s, so it's that two lines of armies stand and wait for each other and charge at the same time kind of war. Your drummers start drumming, but stop, because all of a sudden, the enemy tribe in front of you has started flicking their tongues and beating their thighs at you. The image is terrifying. They bulge their eyes and call out loud chants in unison. You look at your fellow soldiers. Are we really about to fight these guys? They seem so intimidating. Haka is the generic name for the ceremonial dance performed by the Maori of New Zealand. It generally tells a story or pumps warriors up for battle. Haka is sometimes confused with certain types of the Hawaiian hula and the Samoan siva tau. We'll do episodes on those two expressions of art, dance, and war later on. Based on the best information that's available, it was possibly started around 1820 by Chief Te Raubaraha. According to HakaTours.com, it was performed on the battlefields for two reasons. Firstly, it was done to scare their opponents. The warriors would use aggressive facial expressions such as bulging eyes and poking of their tongues. They would grunt, cry in an intimidating way while beating and waving their weapons. The second reason they did this was for their own morale. They believed that they were calling upon the god of war to help them win the battle. Now, I'd also imagine it would be pretty empowering to just make your enemy wait while you perform a dance in unison with your people. I would also imagine that it creates a insane sense of camaraderie and unity that would motivate you for battle. I mean, I'm sure you can imagine all the different reasons that you might want to do something like a haka before a battle. There is a little bit of mythology behind it, though. According to Reckontalk.com, the Maori ethos says that Tama Nui Tura, the sun god, had two wives, Haine Rumati, the summer maid, and Haine Takurua, the winter maid. 
The child born to him and Heine Rumati was Tane Rore, who is credited with the origin of the dance. Tane Rore is the trembling of the air as seen on the hot days of summer and represented by the quivering of the hands in the dance. If you've ever watched a haka, they will do this thing a lot of the times in the beginning when they're just starting, they'll like shake their hands and that would be what they're talking about. Also, I did actually try to rehearse saying all these things before I got on the podcast in hopes I would say it right and I'm still struggling. (laughs) So bear with me, guys. I'm trying not to butcher this. Haka eventually became a way to unite communities. That form of haka is called nigiri haka. It is less aggressive and more fluid. It was opened up to females as well, and actually they developed specific dances for women. Now, the idea was basically that they would put their stories together and tell them with the haka dance and also with the words that accompanied the dance. And this was a way to kind of get the community together, get them in a circle, have some people watching, some people performing, and really pass down their stories from generation to generation, as well as empower the community to feel more unified, feel more capable as they grew. So all that said, it's obviously very heavily choreographed. It was always heavily choreographed, even in the beginning when it was wartime. In fact, it was more choreographed in the beginning and, as I just said, became less aggressive and more fluid as time went on. That said, though, non-Maori are not supposed to perform the haka unless otherwise instructed by a Maori tribe. So basically, it's considered incredibly disrespectful to learn and perform haka without Maori help. You'll see some celebrities like The Rock and Jason Momoa will do like weird haka kind of performances on the red carpet. The reason I say weird is because they've been considered controversial. Some people think that they're being disrespectful to the Maori. Some people think that because they were instructed by a Maori tribe that it's really not appropriation. They really are trying to spread the word the way that it was intended. If a Maori tribe teaches a Westerner or somebody foreign a haka dance and gives them the words. They don't expect them to necessarily be able to perform it perfectly when they come back to their home or whatever. They just want them to be able to share at least a little bit of Maori culture. So there is context in which Maori tribes do teach people, foreign people, certain forms of haka, simpler forms of haka, hoping that they will in fact spread their Maori culture a little bit. But that doesn't mean that that Maori tribe gave that person permission to learn other forms of haka or to creatively change it or anything like that. So whether or not performing the haka on the red carpet or in, I don't know, Los Angeles somewhere is, it's whether or not that's cultural appropriation is like I said, very controversial, and I will leave that up to you to decide. You can definitely do a little bit more research on how that all works. 
But when I researched it and whether or not it's disrespectful for someone like myself to learn and perform Hakka, this is pretty much what I found in a nutshell. So now that the Hakka is expanded to unite communities and everything else, it's also expanded into a very commemorative thing. So people will use it to commemorate things like graduations, adulthood, funerals, weddings. There's actually a famous video of a bride on YouTube where her husband's family was not Maori, but they learned a haka to kind of welcome her into the family. Going back to the whole thing about it's disrespectful to learn haka without Maori help, I think in that context, because they, I think they had Maori help, first of all, but I think even if they didn't, it wouldn't be considered disrespectful because they were using it correctly. They were performing all of the motions exactly the way that they were supposed to, and they were using it to welcome a Maori woman into their family. It was a really beautiful video. I definitely encourage you to look it up. And if you go to my reference section in for the podcast. You'll be able to find that video there as well. The New Zealand rugby team, uh, actually both teams, both the women's and the men's team. So the men's team is all, is the all blacks and the women's team is the black ferns. They perform a haka before their matches. Now they were actually the only haka I could find a translation for that seemed somewhat accurate. That was the all blacks kamate and I am not going to tell you the Maori version of it because I don't know if that's disrespectful to start reciting that over a podcast, but I will give you the translated kind of script for the dance. So here it goes, guys. It starts out, slap the hands against the thighs, puff out the chest, bend the knees, let the hip follow. Stomp the feet as hard as you can. The lyrics, I die, I die, I live, I live. I die, I die, I live, I live. This is the fierce, powerful man who caused the sun to shine again for me. Up the ladder, up the ladder, up to the top, the sun shines, rise. Now, of course, this would all be shouted, (laughs) almost chant-like in a very intimidating way by the performers as they're doing certain motions. Now, the All Blacks, the rugby team, the All Blacks, doing this before their matches have actually been controversial for their own reasons. Other teams have just really not liked it, which I think is disrespectful to their culture. I mean, it's, (laughs) I don't know. My personal feeling is that if that's their tradition is to do the the haka instead of linking arms before a rugby match, then I think it makes sense to respect that. But not everybody feels the same way. There was one team that actually decided to, after the haka was over, they kept their arms linked and tried to stare the New Zealand team down. There was another team that actually turned their backs to the haka while the New Zealand team was performing it. So again, controversial in a different way. It's always so bizarre to me when cultures are controversial. I'm like, it's their culture. Like that, I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm sure you get what I'm saying. Anyways. Imagine you're ready for battle. It's the 1800s, so it's that two lines of armies stand and wait for each other and charge at the same time kind of battle. Your drummers start drumming, but stop because all of a sudden the enemy tribe in front of you has started flicking their tongues and beating their thighs at you. The image is terrifying. They bulge their eyes and call out loud chants in unison. You look at your fellow soldiers. Are you really about to fight these guys? They seem so intimidating. Obviously, you don't have a choice but to fight. You're already there, you're already in battle, right? But still, the dance you witness sticks with you. You bring it back to your own tribe and begin using it to express your own stories. Eventually, others use this form of art to unify their tribes as well. The Maori tradition of haka is born. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Autistic Bodybuilding Podcast. If you'd like to view a transcript of today's show, as well as all references used, visit autisticbodybuilding.com slash transcripts. Your donations help me keep the show ad-free. If you'd like to donate, visit autisticbodybuilding.com slash donate. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, find me at Audibuilder, email me show suggestions and questions at autisticbodybuilding at gmail.com, or just visit autisticbodybuilding.com for the latest news and updates. As always, these links will be in the show notes for your convenience. I hope you'll come back next week. Until then, stay fit and flappy.